Hello and welcome to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, where I, Michelle Carville, interview business leaders around the practicalities of how, in this hyper-connected digital age, they are embracing digital technologies to tune in and connect and communicate. You can find all episodes of the podcast together with show notes via our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. On this episode of the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, I'm delighted to interview Kate Collins. Kate has worked in UK charities for nearly 20 years and joined Teenage Cancer Trust in 2009, initially to lead fundraising, then becoming a director in 2013 and in March 2018, chief executive. Teenage Cancer Trust has led the way in the creation of world-class cancer services for young people, providing life-changing care and support. And Kate is leading a strategy to ensure the charity can reach all young people with cancer in the UK and is ensuring that young people and their needs remain at the heart of everything the charity does. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Michelle. So it's interesting because I was introduced to you, uh, we've never met, um, but I do follow what you talk about and uh, around on social media. And we, it was really through a kind of peer group on Twitter that always talk about what leaders, particularly CEOs, are doing on social, um, kind of alerted me to you. And that's when I started following you. And so you are indeed... The CEO and a leader that is very active on social media. So can you tell me a little bit about why you started using it, uh, you know, and why it was important for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I very much felt with um, social media that it was going to be another job, that it was going to be another task I needed to do. So I was probably a bit reluctant initially to to have um, a a professional presence um, on Twitter and and to kind of add more into my day. But what I would say is um, it's added so much and it's not added any any extra work. I think the thing that really made me want to be part of the conversation on social media was, was very much a young man called Stephen Sutton, who in 2014, five years ago, inspired a wave of giving to Teenage Cancer Trust that we had never seen the like of before. Uh, and he he shared his experience of cancer. It's called Stephen's Story. Yeah. He shared that on Facebook. He shared it on Twitter. And, and when he had been told he was right at the end of his life, he shared a final thumbs up. Stephen was famous for his mm, thumbs that's up. That's right. And he shared that and he inspired this wave of giving and engagement and profile for Teenage Cancer Trust. And I'm really at that point, probably not during the whole time that Stephen's story was such a viral phenomenon. We were we were quite occupied at that point in time. But I think really that that told me that at the time I was director of fundraising and marketing for Teenage Cancer Trust. And I suddenly realized I was missing a conversation that I shouldn't be missing, that there was something going on 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 that there internet that maybe I should be not just using socially so I was using Facebook socially I was using LinkedIn a bit but I I really realized I was missing the conversation and uh, I joined in around September 2014 I joined Twitter um, and and I think I probably lurked for a bit and watched what other people were doing and, and then all of a sudden 
off off I went and 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 here I am now talking to you because of being yep. a bit noisy on Twitter. Yeah, and I mean, and you are very active on Twitter. You know, you talk about what's going on in your day. You talk about the wonderful um, activities that people are doing around fundraising. But you know, it's a, it's a real blend of of conversation, and and it feels like a very real insight to your world as you know the CEO of, of, of this charity so is that is that something is it you know I often ask the question about oh how do you blend your personal life and your business life and you know is your social media activity managed you know you've built this into what you do is this I mean it's all your authentic voice uh, that, that you know that you're sharing yeah, it's definitely me. <laughs> There's nobody yes. else doing it. Yeah, no, all the all the bad jokes and the typos are all my. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the thing for me, how do I kind of blend it in, and, and how do I bring the the personal and I suppose professional together? I, I would like to think, um, and I'm always open to being told by my team if it's if it's not the case. I would like to think that how I am on, on Twitter is, is how I am if, if someone walks into my office or if I'm in the kitchen having a chat with somebody here at Teenage Cancer Trust or if I'm out at a supporter event. I Maybe with a background in fundraising, I, I, that's probably why I went there first in my career. I, I love meeting people. And actually, for me, the key thing around social media is the word social. And it gives me a chance to engage and hear things in a way. And and I think I probably stayed back from sharing a bit about what I was doing in the day or those sorts of things or just off to this meeting to talk to NHS England about what young people with cancer really need. I was probably initially, I was like, oh, will people be interested in that? And they are, they, they want to know. And I think the more that, certainly my style of leadership, and I'm not saying that I've, I'm not saying that I'm an expert. I think I learn every single day about what works and what doesn't but certainly my style is hopefully down to earth and it's 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 I'm absolutely me as much of the time as as is possible um I'm not very good with a a a very corporate message and a corporate persona which is probably why I work at a young people's organization that's full of life and energy because it feels like the right sort of organization for me and, and hopefully that enables me to be my whole self and I am myself on Twitter. There are things, as Kate Collins, the chief executive, that I definitely don't share on social media. I don't talk about if I have a political view on something. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about. I don't talk about religion. I don't particularly talk about personal views that I may hold or or, or may not hold because that's not relevant to Teenage Cancer Trust. And I, I don't think I'm ever not the chief executive of Teenage Cancer Trust, but. Trust is an important word and, and yeah. trust people. So every single penny that Teenage Cancer Trust spends has been fundraised by our supporters. We don't have any government funding coming in or any other sources of income. So I think it's important people get a sense of that there's a person in this organisation, there are lots of them, that who's a, who's a whole rounded person who cares about her family and cares about what I'm doing with my time and is really motivated by our supporters as well, of course, the young people we exist to serve. 
Yeah, and, and I love that. And it, and it is, you know, we often talk and you can tell when things are manufactured, can't you? You know, there's a lot of, I know when I was writing Get Social and initially when I started to look at uh, for people who I could interview at the time, I had a challenge, you know, because I would say, oh yeah, they're on social media, they're on social media. And yet actually, when you looked at their feeds, there were, it was so obvious that it was more of a PR outlet than than actually an authentic conversation and and I think picking up on your point about it's about being social these are networks you know and they were, we always refer to them as social networks they are networks of of people so you're using uh, social media to tell the story to engage I, I notice you engage with your own team you, you know you, you're you're um, celebrating the the, the great fundraising that's going around. How have you found it as a networking tool for you in your endeavours as well? I found it absolutely invaluable. So I, I became the chief executive at Teenage Cancer Trust last year. So I've been with the charity nearly 10 years. I don't know where the time's gone. And then um, was, was promoted last year, last March, to become chief executive. And I think what I found is certainly that the kind of the charity world is a very generous kind-hearted community as a whole and certainly as a newly appointed chief executive I I connected with people um, because of their social media presence and I thought gosh they're role modeling stuff that I think is fantastic how are they doing that and being able to get in touch see what they're doing see if they would be up for me buying them a cup of coffee and a, and a breakfast to say how do you do that and how does this work I, I think being able to make those connections that doesn't rely on having to invest money in going to a big conference where hopefully you kind of find someone on the coffee break and you make a beeline for them and they're like, please just let me, let me <laughs> get to the point and tap me up for something. I think it, you can build relationships and, and just connection initially uh, that means that actually when I do need something, I think, oh, who was doing really clever stuff around that? Or who communicated about difficult messages at their organization in a really straightforward candid way that that struck me that was like that got huge authenticity and I, and I really rate that there's lots of people doing things that I, I might have been a bit nervous about as a relatively I, I'm, I've been told I'm not allowed to say I'm a new chief exec anymore but I'm going to hold on to it <laughs> um but really just being able to see people at work. And you don't get a chance to see that. You can't go around to people's offices and follow them. They tend to kick you out. So um, it's really helpful for me to be able to build a lens, I think, on, on other people's experience. And what are people talking about? And not just people I necessarily would, I suppose, naturally be more inclined to agree with. People who are doing things that I don't agree with. I think you've got to be careful to not make it an echo chamber where you're just reinforcing things that you go yes well, that's what I think and therefore I see someone else do that therefore that's okay um I try and make sure I'm looking for stuff that's going to challenge me as well as stuff that's going to reinforce where my instinct might take me and that's an interesting point because to do that without social technologies would be quite a, cha a challenging task wouldn't it to to get so many different perspectives uh, so that so that it is a rounded view because you know ordinarily it's difficult to do that because you're you know we're in a space and, and we're not in all of those spaces whereas 
the social technologies enable you, as you say, to have that lens, not only on what you want to see, but also a broader lens so that you can, you can get lots of different perspectives. And I think without social technologies, I'm not sure how you do that at scale. I, I, I don't know how, I, I really haven't got a clue how I would do it at scale or with any kind of, or with depth to it. Yeah. And, and, and I think I said in a, a conversation with someone relatively recently, I said, I cannot imagine doing my job without being on Twitter. And Twitter is the platform that for me, for me personally works. I'm, I have a I have an account on Instagram, but I'm terrible at taking photographs. <laughs> just words are more my thing than, than images. And um. So actually, I think you, you do find yourself drawn to the platform that feels most authentic to you. And and it doesn't doesn't ever feel like more work. It feels like I'm doing my job when I'm mm. when I'm using platforms. I don't use them all the time through the day. I, I weave it into when it works within the kind of the rhythm of my day. But I am yeah, I'm, I'm quite active and um, yeah, certainly, certainly some of my, my family and friends who follow me feel they know an awful lot about what I'm doing. <laughs> <I want to. laughs> and so how has that translated? So you are, you, you know, you're an active, you're active on the channels. Tw- I love Twitter. You know, Twitter's where I started. And I think people either get Twitter or they don't get Twitter. I think if you get it, you really get it. And if you don't, you, you're kind of left wondering, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And it, it's a bit Marmite, Twitter. But for me, I, I'm with you. I, I love it. So... With regards to how you are and you embracing the technologies within the organisation, what? How is this impacting other people within your organisation? Well, I think I mean at Teenage Cancer Trust, you know, as, as an organisation that's working with young people um, between the ages of thirteen and twenty-five, actually, lots of the team here at Teenage Cancer Trust are, are, are relatively are relatively young themselves, um, and they are. I think the jargony phrase is digital natives. You know, they haven't yeah. grown up in anything where, where this wouldn't be the thing that they're yeah. doing. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm of an age where I remember one of my first office jobs being to print the emails out for the organisation, <laughs> fax the printed out emails to various different um, offices across the complex. So definitely not a digital native. Um, but I think, you know, that, that's where my team are. That's where my supporters, but my supporters, our organisation supporters, and maybe not so much on, on Twitter in terms of necessarily where the young people are that we exist to serve, but it's certainly where there's an enormous professional community of teenage cancer trust specialist nurses and youth workers and broader oncology professionals, not just in the UK, but globally. So how it impacts on the organisation, I think there would probably be more of an impact if I wasn't there. Because yeah up and seeing things so the organization certainly hasn't had to adapt to keep up with me I think I have to adapt to keep up with them which is a good thing keeps me on my toes that that is a good thing and and it's interesting that you say you know that the it's normal it's kind of this is business as usual these social technologies are embraced because it's part and parcel of what people do with their everyday lives it's, it's it's the tools that we're connect using to you know that we've chosen to connect and communicate with so why not optimize that for for the work that we do yeah and, we, and you know we don't we don't say actually what's your strategy for email in your organization or no. that got email inboxes that might be going slightly slightly pop but we, we don't kind of go oh are you on email um, and I'm kind of like well why how there, will, there must come a point where actually being on Twitter is not really a thing that's of note. It's, it's, it will be unusual to not be 
on it. I'm sure the channels will change, the technology will change, but it, I think it would be just really quite striking to have leadership that isn't actually about dialogue. And that's what I love about Twitter and because it enables me to have conversations with people in a way that instinctively is, is how I operate, hopefully in person <laughs> or on a podcast. Um, is I love talking to people and I love understanding what it is that's making them tick and how they might want to get involved with Teenage Cancer Trust or how we might better support them or how we better thank them for what they've done or if they work for us, how, how we better kind of appreciate the hard work that they're putting in as a team member. Or particularly, I, I found it particularly useful in my first year as chief executive because I've been doing quite a lot of recruitment to senior roles within my direct team so within my executive team and actually being able to to say to candidates that have a follow get a feel for me because the most important thing is that you I think you've got to be able to click with the person that mm. you're working with the most of the time and people need to be able to get a sense of who their, who their boss is going to be what are they like how are they wired and hopefully if I'm working out loud they get a sense of that and there might be some people who chose not to to work at Teenage Cancer Trust because they didn't really click with what they read about me or what they felt. Well, that's a good thing because yeah. I'm not being anything I'm not on, on social media. No, and I love that. I, I, you know, I like the, I mean, I'm a big advocate for the whole working out loud, the, the more that we can share and break down silos and get people communicating. You know, it, it aids that kind of slicker um faster and more collaborative approach to to, ha to how we work. So what would you say that when, you know, if I could take you back to when you were starting and, and or when you took the role of um, chief exec and you said, you know, I, initially I was a bit of a lurker. I was just watching. I was listening, which which is, an, you know, is it something else that the channels enable you to do? When you know, you, you said yourself there was that almost that element of a bit of reticence of, of jumping in until you find your voice. What would you say to other people who are a little bit reticent, who are kind of sitting there thinking, well, it's something I'm either being told to do or it's something that I'm, I'm thinking, but there's a lot of fear. You know, when I was doing interviews with CEOs, there was it's, it's either, you know, there's a fear of getting it wrong. There's the time it takes. And it, like you said at the outset, you know, is this going to be another job to the job? Because I'm already, I'm already busy. Um, and then, and then there's, there's also the, you know, the, the kind of negative aspects of, I just don't want to do it. So what, what would you, what would you kind of say to somebody who's kind of sitting on, on those fences? I would say sign up and lurk and find find people to follow. So you, you might have a peer who's an equivalent in a in a similar organization to your own or the people you know through your own professional networks. Actually sign up and follow them. See what's working for them. What sorts of conversations are they starting to have? What what are they throwing out there? Are they tweeting on a Monday morning about you know here's what my day's got packed with a few bullet points and wishing everyone what you know a good Monday or asking people to tell them what their day is going to be like see what happens and maybe engage by replying to people if you feel a bit apprehensive 
Um, I would also say, I mean, back when I joined, I was I was director of fundraising and marketing was the role I had then. And I think I would be putting out quite, you know, lively messages about getting involved and fundraising and just finding this huge tumbleweed happening. I'd be like, I'm getting nothing back here. And you will try stuff and nobody's going to engage with it. And you're like, oh my God, nobody engaged. And actually nobody cares either because it's gone. It's gone really quickly. Unless you do something monumentally stupid, which I do advise you don't do. (laughs) So, you know, don't don't kind of put everything out there. Don't be overly personal. Um, One of my, my very close kind of friends in the sector always says, don't tweet drunk. Not that I ever have, but that's yes. her, her main rule is just don't. You know, and if you're if you're not sure about pressing send on something, maybe don't. Um, but I would just say give it a try, see what starts to work for you. Certainly, when I was director of fundraising and marketing, I found that promoting ways of getting involved with teenage cancer trust got me absolutely the square root of zero engagement. Finding supporters who were using our kind of hashtag team teenage cancer or hashtag team legends finding those and just using it to thank people yeah created people going oh thank you for thanking me you can get yourself caught in a vortex of gratitude but it was just suddenly I was like ah there it is there's the thing I love in person happening on my phone I'm able to connect with people who probably when I was at a director level I wouldn't have necessarily seen the detail of their fundraising because a different member of the team would have thanked that but actually, I was able to see that and see their pictures of their raffles, see what they were doing, and just make that connection. And I had members of my fundraising team. So, of course, people feel really special when you do that, Kate. I was like, yeah. It's only me. And they're like, no, but you've got a big job. It makes people feel really appreciated and it actually really helps us thank those supporters. Yeah. And it does because, you know, there's that, there's that, we've all been there. I know, you know, when I started working, all those feels like hundreds of years ago um, in the days of telex machines, um, you know, that, that, that time, there was definitely that kind of them and us scenario, you know, the leadership team. And in, in many organizations, it still very much exists. You know, you don't get to speak to the CEO or, or the members of the leadership team. In some organizations that I spoke to, you know, they don't really know what they do. They just kind of sit off in an ivory tower. And, and I think all of that, and, you know, there's lots of conversation around the future of leadership and how leadership is changing and flatter structures and more working out loud. And uh, and all of that is is positive. But but there are definitely those areas. So when, when a, a CEO or the author of a book or, you know, uh, the the, the the chef of the cookery book or or whoever it is comes back to you with something it is a kind of like wow it's a monumental moment because they're listening and that particularly if it's an employee you know they feel heard yeah and I think there's also something around not being afraid of being told things that are maybe more difficult about your organization yeah I particularly since becoming chief executive have had parents of young people or young people themselves get in touch and say, actually, that's not what that was like for me. Or, mm-hmm. or you know, in, well, it was 140 characters. Now, thank goodness, it's 280 that you can fit in a tweet. But even then, there's still not a massive amount of room for nuance. And sometimes language can be a bit clumsy. And actually, for somebody to come back to me and say, oh, 
is did you mean it like that? Because that's that's not what my experience of, of cancer was like. And I can go, oh no, that's not what I meant at all. And, yeah. and actually engage and go, I'm really sorry, that's a bit clunky. And 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 to leave that conversation kind of public and have it there and just have other people go, at least you know, we're all human. You need to be able yeah. to hold your hands up if you do if you do get things wrong or or if people are coming saying, actually this isn't how it is for me. I sometimes will say to people, I want to talk more about that. Can you can you direct message me so I yes. can share my email and I will pick that up with you? Because there are sometimes conversations that I'm like, that feels incredibly personal to that young person's experience or that parent's experience of cancer. And and it didn't doesn't always feel like the best place to play that conversation out. But I think as a leader, you, you do have to be open to hear the stuff that is harder or the stuff that when you've done something you go hmm, maybe that wording didn't quite work for somebody yeah absolutely and and I think in all contexts you know listening that listening into your customers listening into your competitors uh, I mean it was interesting I I interviewed um, John Lejeur, you know, from uh, T-Mobile, who is, he's, you know, he's a very social CEO. And, and he was saying, you know, I love listening to what the, what the complaints that are happening with our competitors, because it gives me great ideas for what we need to be doing. And he said, and ordinarily, I wouldn't be able to see that stuff, but I can see it. It's, it's right before my eyes, you know, just by, just by tuning in. So I think that's, you know, in, in, in the context, whether it's a sensitive issue, whether it's a, you know, it's a, it's a commercial opportunity, uh, there's that opportunity to listen and, and expand those conversations and take them offline if, if you need to. Yeah, and I think it's. I think for me, it performs a, a a role. It's not the only role, but it's de- definitely one of the vehicles which is about trying to be as tuned in as I can. Yeah. How how the organisation's work is landing with people, what's happening, um, and it will only give you one lens because I'm only listening to people who are on Twitter when I'm on Twitter. So clearly, it's it's going to give me a piece of the pie. Uh, but it's as mu- it's definitely as much about about listening, and, and I think probably one of the things I didn't until you try you don't know and, and when I started out I was probably broadcasting a lot more and it probably felt a bit more corporate speak um, and here comes a key message about this fundraising event or here comes this one and, and people, yeah. people want some light and shade and they you know they, they do want to know maybe a bit about what you're doing in your day or and also I, I try to make sure it doesn't take over my life kind of outside of not that there is really a nine to five but I, I don't. I do, I'm very active on Twitter, but I try not to be too active at weekends. That I do have a family life, and I'm a, I'm a person outside of being Kate, the chief executive, which is important too. It is, and I, it is important, and 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 that is that is the choice, isn't it? As to when you're when you're tuned in, uh, and you know, and when and when you're not. So, and I think that's an interesting point you mentioned there as well, Kate, about. The, and you, you said earlier when you were doing the fundraising, you know, from the marketing perspective, the broadcasting aspect can simply just be. And I think this is where historically social media activity has got a bit of bad press, particularly in, in, in boardrooms, because there has been a lot of what I refer to as like filling the feeds. People simply, oh, yeah, we've got that scheduled in and that's got to go and that's got to go. And we've got our messages in there and, and they're going out uh, and utilizing these social channels as 
as broadcast channels, purely as broadcast channels, and forgetting the engagement piece. And and it is that light bulb moment when you think, oh, actually, it's the engagement that works. <laughs> you know, that's that's what this is all about. As you said, you know that that going back to people and just thanking them rather than you know the, all the the corporate promotional aspect that uh, that just really doesn't engage people no and 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 it's really you know sometimes you'll get a real tumbleweed tweet moment even if you think it's the most engaging yeah human piece of content you've ever pre- created and you just kind of get pretty much nothing back on it and then sometimes sometimes it depends on the time of day sometimes it depends on what people are engaging with one of the most popular tweets I ever did was that I bought a Wonder Woman first I mean that's hard <laughs> but actually I was like oh hang on people are going oh where do I get one of those I was like oh you can shop and I put an affiliate link in to raise money for Teenage Cancer Trust but I oh fantastic it wasn't why I did it I was just like I love my new purse I was just being a bit daft yeah and, and a bit playful and and hopefully just in a way that if it catches people at that moment then I, I think you can really get that engagement but sometimes you'll you know stuff stuff works and stuff doesn't so yeah. like we were talking about earlier you, you, you just need to try stuff and I probably need to take my own advice really because I feel a bit reticent about Instagram at the moment because I keep telling myself I won't be any good at it but I haven't really tried it properly so I should probably I should probably just give it a go shouldn't I you should and Wonder Woman always goes down very very well on Instagram so you know I'm I'm preparing you now I have a little Wonder Woman the Wonder Woman way and it's a little plastic thing and you press her and she gives all these messages Wonder Woman messages and sometimes I do share those on Instagram and they always get great engagement on the stories so Oh, <laughs> You've reminded me I must get Wonder Woman out a bit. Always. Yeah, always. She always works. So um, so before I move on to some little questions that I'd like to ask you, just what what would you say is your biggest learning so far? If, if there's anything that you wish you'd known at the outset that would have made life better, simpler, easier? Ooh, um... I think just that I would get so much back from being engaged in the conversation on social media. I think, I think it made, I think it made me better even when I did my job interview to become the chief executive. So I think everyone's a genius with hindsight, but I think I, I wish I'd known how much uh, richness of connection and an insight it would give me uh, because you're never actually on your own, which can be a real downside yeah. of social media, but it can be such a huge benefit if you're leading an organisation or a team or you're just curious about knowing more. It, it's all there and people are very willing to share. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree and that's that's great advice. So I like to end our podcast with a little bit of learn about the leader uh, and um I've got three questions for you. Very quick fire. Some of them are quite, a couple of them are quite big questions, but it's just whatever comes uh, front of mind. So are, are you okay if I fire these at you? Go for it. Who knows what I'll say, but go for it. Who knows? Here we go. So, Kate, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. That's a whopper. Um, I would love everyone to, oh, I'd love everyone to have great self-esteem. I think if people all felt better about brilliant people that everybody is everything else would fall into place there you go that's wonderful I love that and which book have you read recently that's inspired you oh um 
the book I love and the book I go back to and I'm going on holiday in two weeks and it's on my pile to take with me because I know I need to top it up is The Happy Manifesto by Henry Stewart. Oh, brilliant. Great book. Yeah, so easy. You can dip in and out and it is always relevant. There's always something I get from it. So I haven't read it recently, so I might have just cheated, but I'm going to read it really soon again. <laughs> good, good. Well, I'll make sure the link to that is is in the show notes as well. And what's the best piece of advice you've been given to date? Oh, um, it's not about you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's I think it's really easy as a leader or if you have a, a big job title, which I would say mine probably qualifies as. Yep. It's not about you. It's about the organisation. It's about the people. And it's actually it's just not about you. Brilliant. Well, I love you. And, and, and that is, I love that. And that's a great way to, um, to end, end the, uh, the podcast. So Kate, thank you so much. There's been so much insight in there. Lots of, lots of real world and very authentic activity that, that you share and, and indeed advice for others. So sincere thanks for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting. You've been listening to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast. Thank you to my guest and indeed thank you to you for tuning in. Please do feel free to share the podcast with colleagues and friends who you think will enjoy it and indeed subscribe to tune in for more episodes. You'll find the podcast on all the usual platforms and all episodes are also on our website carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You'll also find some really useful digital and social resources on that site too, so be sure to check those out. So for now, from me, Michelle Carville, your host on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, P.S. If you're a business leader with something to share around digital and social technologies and you're keen to be a guest on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, michelle at carvelcreative.co.uk.